calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. The Rookie is a free serialized audiobook meant for mature audiences. Written and performed by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler. For links to order a young adult version of this book without all the cussing, in print, ebook, or audiobook, visit scottsigler.com slash the rookie one word. This podcast contains mature situations, adult language, and lots and lots of violence. Listener discretion is advised. Ding chow, junkies. How is your summer going? Things are grand here in sunny SoCal. San Diego, California, even though a real girl herself and I are pretty much self-isolating against this latest wave of COVID. But we are getting out from time to time, having a little bit of fun. We had to go see Maverick in the theaters, and it was a blast. Loved it. We might have to go see the next Jurassic Park flick, although from the trailers, it looks a little bit ludicrous. But they've all been ludicrous since the first one. But hey! dinosaurs but hey blood but hey terror what more could a guy want oh i know that's right 12 dollars popcorn and 15 dollars for a beer because that's what makes theaters great isn't it here we are with the rookie episode number four let me get you caught up on the story and then we're all gonna go siphon some gas previously on the rookie At the GFL's Combine, you are a number, not a name. Quentin is now known only as 113. Will he pass the screening tests needed to join the Ionath Krakens? Or will the Combine techs decide he has mods and he'll be kicked out of the league forever? A buzzer sounded from a hidden loudspeaker, making Quentin jump. The door to his cell opened. He looked out at the rush of Kretorakians moving back and forth. So fast, they were nothing more than a flash of silver uniforms and black wings. A Kretorakian flew into his cell. Number 113, exit your room and await instructions. Dressed in his yellow suit, a barefooted Quentin Barnes stepped out and stood on the hallway's cold metal grill. There were even more bats now, but there were other humans as well. The hall was filled with men. In front of each door stood a man dressed in a yellow bodysuit, identical to Quentin's. It surprised Quentin, but he felt infinitely relieved to see other humans. Three doors down and across the hall, he recognized Alonzo Castro, linebacker from Sigurd. 
Castro had led the PNFL in tackles and hit like the impact of an asteroid. At least that was the rumor. In the championship game, he hadn't been able to lay a glove on Quentin. Alonzo caught his gaze and waved. Quentin, what's up, champ? Just doing my time in prison. <laughs> yeah, I heard about this place. The hallway filled with light conversation as men recognized each other from their on-field battles or from holocasts of the hundreds of Tier 3 teams. It seemed strange, talking while countless Kretorakians flew back and forth, but Quentin was already growing used to their presence. Who bought out your contract? The Krakens, you? Texas Earthlings, I'll be living in the Planetary Union if you can believe that. Hey, no offense, man, but for a linebacker, aren't you a little, well, you know, aren't I a little small, is what you want to say. Alonzo's smile remained, but the friendly expression faded from his eyes. Yeah, well, somebody seems to think I've got what it takes. Hey, if we's lucky, I'll see you in the playoffs. Quentin thought for a second, then nodded. Alonzo was very fast and as strong as a Mason Seabull. He'd given the Raiders offensive line fits trying to block him. If he could overcome his small stature, he might be a real factor for the Earthlings. Man, I hear we're in for a long day. Why's that? All this testing crap goes on forever, I'm told. The man to Quentin's right spoke up. I was here last year. Today's gonna be pure hell. He was big, almost as big as a PNFL guard or tackle. Yet he had that lean look of a man who could move, obviously a tight end. His pale blue skin marked his probable origin as the League of Planets, and his hair was electric blonde. Why are you here again? I thought you only had to do the combine once, then you get individual testing after that. The man nodded. Yeah, if you make the team. My contract was picked up by the Parasites last year, but I didn't make the cut, so it was back to another season at Tier 3 in the League of Planets. How's the play there? Tough for every year. He offered his hand to Quentin. I'm Olaf Ranio. Quentin looked at the blue-skinned hand for a second. To not shake it, instant insult. To touch a blue skin, however, was to touch people who had been kicked off Earth for consorting with Satan. The hand hung there awkwardly, almost for a second, before Quentin shook it, not quite able to hide his revulsion. I'm Quentin Barnes. Olaf looked surprised. The PNFL guy? Yeah, I watched that game on a net. You made Sigurd look like a bunch of pussies. Pussies, Alonzo said from across the hall. His lighthearted tone had vanished. Now there was nothing but malice in his voice. Keep it up, blue boy, and I'll show you a pussy. Olaf bristled at the racial insult so frequently levied against people from the League of Planets. Never mind him, Quentin said. His ass is still chapped from the spanking I gave him in the championship game. Olaf and Alonzo stared at each other for a few seconds. Then Olaf laughed dismissively and turned back to Quentin. Man, I figured you'd go tier one, not tier two. Quentin shrugged. Me too, but I'll get there soon enough. Olaf smiled. I hope so. You might find it's not as easy as you think. So you've been here before. Where's all the aliens? Each race has its own wing. This used to be a prison, and they kept the races separate to cut down on the violence. So what's so tough about today? What kind of tests are we in for? Olaf shrugged. I can't tell you that. They tell you any mention of what goes on here gets you kicked out of the league. 
But I suspect that if you talk about the inner workings of the combine, your ass disappears for good. A sudden blaring buzzer sounded again, ending all conversation. A Kretorakian in a blue uniform hovered at the end of the hall, his black wings nothing but a blur. This is the combine. You will refer to me and any other you see in a blue suit as boss. I am boss one. If you do not follow instructions, you will be removed before you can complete the testing. If you do not complete the testing, you cannot play upper-tier football. The hallway fell deathly silent. Every man here would rather be dragged behind an earth horse than go back for another season of Tier 3. The Combine Test Purity. Kretorakian law makes it illegal for humans or any other race to have biological modifications, cybernetic implants, strength or performance enhancing chemicals, mental accelerator chips, or any other non-natural augmentation. The Galactic Football League is a showcase of cooperation amongst the races, and therefore, you must be pure to ensure fair competition. The men nodded in agreement and understanding, but everyone knew the real reason for purity. The Kretorakians ruled by military strength and did not allow any biological modifications that might make the subject races more effective warriors. Their post-war pogrom killed millions of soldiers. Biotech-enhanced human warriors, the cyborg key commandos, the sclorno with carbon-titanium chitin genes for impermeable shells, quith warriors with their hordes of implanted biorepair nanocytes, all wiped out in a two-year-long purge designed to eliminate potential guerrilla fighters. Since that time, discovery of any biomodification resulted in a prison sentence if it could be removed and a death sentence if it could not. The yellow lines on the floor will lead you to your stations. Follow the lines and follow all instructions. Failure to comply with a boss's orders results in immediate dismissal. There is no talking. The testing begins now. In the climate-ravaged world of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven. Pura is a geoengineered paradise that protects its fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods, and droughts. In a time when the world outside is unsafe, it's vital for Pura's existence that people rally behind the purpose of the city, and Demetria Lopez, head of the city's public relations, tirelessly promotes its idyllic image. But when she stumbles on a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Pura's existence, she must decide who and what she's willing to protect. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, The Last City stars actors Ray Seahorn, Jeannie Tirado, and Maury Sterling. Follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. 
With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Quinn shuffled along on the yellow line, waiting for the 112 players ahead of him before entering the first station. Each man went in. The door closed and stayed closed for a few minutes. Then the door opened for the next in line. Finally, it was his turn. The door closed behind him as he entered a room with racks of yellow jumpsuits. A large black machine with a gray, man-sized X dominated the back wall, complete with a shackle at each end. Two for the hands and two for the feet. Sit down, 113. The voice came from the other end of the room, where a blue-suited boss perched on a table. A rail, hanging just two feet from the ceiling, ran the circumference of the room. Every last inch of that rail was packed with fidgeting, black-suited Kretorakians. Sit down, 113! A small metal stool sat in front of the table. Quentin walked to it and sat. The stool was just high enough that his feet didn't quite hit the floor. The stool's edges pushed the suit's mini wires into the backs of his thighs. I am boss, too. I am an official magistrate of the Kretorakian Empire. To lie to me in any way is punishable by imprisonment. It was typical Kretorakian communication, a statement without questions. They never said things that human authority figures said, like, do you understand? Or do I make myself clear? A Kretorakian spoke once and only once. If you didn't listen, or just plain didn't hear him. It was your ass. Boss 2 fluttered up from his perch and landed on Quentin's head. Quentin felt its sharp little claws and soft, fleshy fingers on his scalp, and he instantly wondered if Boss 2 carried an entropic pistol. His body prickled with heat, but he fought back the urge to swat Boss 2 away like one might do a pesky fly or one of those flying tarantulas from the planet Toe. Is this just part of the test? Quentin thought. Just relax. Just be cool in the pocket. I will now ask you questions. Get into the device at the end of this room. Quentin looked suspiciously at the Big X. He'd seen such devices in movies before. An interrogation table. 
The purest nation used such machines on prisoners, on heretics, and on the rare occasions someone was actually prosecuted as an organized crime figure. And if I don't get in it, you will be dismissed. Quentin walked to the X as Boss 2 fluttered up to the perch rail. Quentin backed into it, putting his feet on the little platforms at the bottom and gripped the handholds at the top. He had time for one deep, ragged breath. Then a dozen Kretorakians flew down from their ceiling perches. They fluttered around him, working the controls. Restraining locks snapped in place around his wrists, legs, and waist. The tight locks dug into his arms and shins. Be calm, be calm. It's just a linebacker blitz. Just be calm and make the right decision. The questioning began. Recruit 113. Have you ever had any kind of cybernetic implant? No. Have you ever had any biotech modifications to your body? No. A pair of small mechanical arms dropped down from either side of his head. Each arm had a small screen. Tiny, but when right in front of his eyes, they filled up his entire range of vision. Multicolored static played on the screen. Quentin felt his heart pick up speed. Have you ever taken performance-enhancing drugs? Hell no. Have you ever stolen? Quentin started to automatically say no, then stopped himself. He'd stolen plenty of times as a kid. Could the Kretorakians know about that? Did they have access to Purist Nation criminal files? Have you ever stolen 113? The GFL demanded poster boy types from all races. If he admitted to stealing, would they kick him out? Would he be sent back to the PNFL to live out his career in the most backwater of football leagues? You will answer now or you will be dismissed. Have you ever stolen? Yes. A stabbing, needle-like pain erupted from the small of his back. Ow! What the fuck is going on? Have you ever taken the stimulants cocaine, esterex, heroin, mesh, or kermiac bacterial extract? Another needle-like stab, this one from his shoulder. He grunted in pain and pulled at the restraints, but they held him fast. He tried to turn his head and look, but the little screens moved with him, and he could see nothing but multicolored static. Candidate 113, you will answer the question or be dismissed. I took bacterial extract once, but not the others. And when I get out of this thing, I'm going to twist your little fucking head right off your body. Two more needle stings, one in each buttock. Do not threaten violence, 113, or you will be dismissed. Now you will be asked five questions, and if you answer incorrectly, you will receive a shock. A fifth needle-like sting, this time from his thigh, and much worse than the others. This one dug deep. Through the piercing agony, Quentin thought he felt the point punch into his femur. Is your name Quentin Barnes? Yes. What is four times fifteen? Sixty. What is the square root of two hundred and forty-nine? What? A short one-second blast of electricity ripped through his body. His back arched involuntarily, pushing his stomach hard against the waist restraint. What is the square root of 249? Uh, How the fuck should I know? Another blast of electricity hit him, this one two seconds long and stronger than the Uh, first. Void, take you! Let me out of this thing! Do you wish to quit the testing? Quentin fell silent. Quitting now meant he failed, and he would never reach Tier 2, let alone Tier 1. He took a fast, deep breath and tried to block out the needle pain. No, I don't want to quit. I'll continue. Who do you know in the Zoroastrian Guild? In the what? A third shockwave hit him, much harder than the last. Who do you know in the Zoroastrian Guild? I don't know anyone in any guild. If a shuttle leaves Buddha City at a speed of three light years per day, and it is headed for the Planetary Union Consulate on New Earth, 
which is the distance of 12 light years, but moving away at a rate of two light years per day. How long will it take the shuttle to reach the consulate? A fucking story problem? What does this have to do with football? A five-second-long blast of electricity ripped into him. His body shook and convulsed of its own accord. Primal urges took over, and Quentin pulled at his restraints with all his might. The restraints rattled with his efforts, but did not give way. Answer the question! I don't know! Another five-second blast hit him, although it seemed as if it lasted for hours. He tasted blood in his mouth, hot and coppery and salty. Answer the question! Quentin took a breath and tried to think. He had to answer the question, or they'd keep hitting him with shocks. Give me a second, okay? Shit! Uh, you said, what, three light years per day? Suddenly the static screens went blank and the lights died, casting the room into darkness. Sparks erupted from the X table, illuminating the room and brief strobe light bursts. The smell of smoke filled the air, as did the high-pitched screeches of the two dozen Kretorakians. Malfunction. Malfunction. Suspect in danger of electrical overload. Shut down interrogation table immediately. The lights flickered back on at half strength, just in time for Quentin to see the Kretorakians abandon the room, flying out through holes in the ceiling. In only two seconds, he was alone trapped on the X table. His heart whacked away inside his chest, the strongest muscle in his body, pumping panic through his limbs. Warning, suspect in danger of electrocution. Quentin pulled forward with all the strength in his arms. He strained with effort, a small grunt escaping his lips. The smell of sparks and smoke filled his nose. He pulled and pulled, muscles bulging beneath his yellow bodysuit. Warning, Suspect will receive fatal shock in five seconds. Quentin pulled harder, and the restraints started to give. He threw the last of his strength, strength he didn't even know he possessed, into the effort, and the arm restraint snapped free with a metallic complaint. He reached down and ripped the restraints first from his left leg, then his right, and dove to the floor just as the chair crackled and hummed with a huge burst of electricity. A concussive shudder ripped through the station, so strong Quentin grabbed at the stool to keep his balance. Morning. Station decompression imminent. Evacuate immediately. The door opposite the one he'd entered slid open with a hiss. He fought down panic. Somehow, he'd gone from a simple test to a sudden run for his life. Quentin looked above the door. The orange circle, the universal symbol for a path to an escape pod, emitted a welcoming glow. If he just followed the doors marked with that circle, the path would lead him the way out. He sprinted through the door, which led into a long hall. At the end of the hall, he saw another circle. Strong legs pumped beneath him, and he ate up the distance in seconds. At the end of the second hall, the door slid open for him, and he jumped through. This room looked like a medical bay, full of tables and cabinets. The floor shifted below him, tilting to the left. Decompression imminent. Move to the nearest evacuation station. The lights started to flicker. Quentin had seen enough movies to know decompression wasn't a pretty sight. He'd scanned the three doors in the room. The one at the far end showed the welcome orange circle. Just as he ran forward, the room tilted steeply to the right. He kept his balance and kept moving forward, but the tables rolled into his path. He hopped backwards as one rolled just in front of him and slammed against the wall. He took three steps forward before the room shifted again, this time hard to the left. The tables rolled back across his path. He hurdled the first and kept moving forward, but the second table caught him on the hip. The solid metal surface dug into him and tossed him into the far wall. Quentin barely managed to stay on his feet. The floor shifted yet again, but this time he was ready for it, angling his body to the left to compensate. 
session in 15 seconds. The door opened and he again looked down the hall, this one much shorter, and at the end sat an open airlock leading into an escape pod. Inside the pod, he saw the welcome sight of shock webbing designed to hold him in place during the rough ejection process. Quentin sprinted down the hall and launched himself through the door, slapping the close button in midair. The door hissed shut behind him as he flew into the shock webbing. The webbing bent elastically under his weight, absorbing his momentum, even as the free strands of the pliable biomechanical material wrapped around his body, ready to hold him securely against the wild and unpredictable G-forces that accompanied any emergency escape. He breathed hard from exertion and stress, from fear. He waited for the sudden, jarring impact of jettison. But none came. Instead, one wall of the rounded pod smoothly lifted up. Quentin gaped in disbelief. The other side of that wall should have been nothing but the deepness of space. Instead, he looked into a large room filled with flying and fidgeting Kretorakians, two blue-skinned humans, a quith leader, and three huge humans wearing silver security uniforms and holding shock wands. They weren't moving towards him, but their stance made quite clear what they would do if Quentin tried to get past them to the quith leader beyond. More than a dozen holotanks hung on the walls. It only took a second to realize that the small, three-dimensional images were of him during various stages of his frantic evacuation. Candidate 113, please rise, said one of the blue boys. The shock webbing slithered off of him like a thing alive, gently lowering him to the ground, then returning to its dormant, hanging state. Quentin stood up, adrenaline still racing through his body, his muscles on fire with exertion. Sweat soaked his yellow bodysuit. His eyebrows knitted together in deep anger. This was all a test? The blue boy nodded. Yes, that is the first test of the Combine. While it's not the last, it is the most important because it tests to see if you're pure. If you're not pure, there's no point in the other tests. If you'll please step into the staging area. The man gestured to a yellow circle painted on the floor in the middle of the room. Then we'll review your performance. Quentin shook his head in amazement. He'd been fighting for his life. Damn near heart attack panic, only to find out that it was all part of the Combine. Well, la-dee-da. Someday, he'd kick someone's ass for this. He didn't know who, and he didn't know when. But someday. He walked to the circle. As he did, the hinged escape pod hissed shut behind him. You tested very high for your position. And what did you test? The stings you felt were biosamples, skin, blood, muscle, bone. You've been tested for biomechanics, cybernetics, biotech, drugs, and stimulants. You passed all of those tests. Of course I fucking passed. You think I would have come here if I had any mods? The man simply nodded. You are the 113th candidate. You'd be interested to know that 27 of the candidates before you have already been dismissed. 27? That many? The man nodded again. Yes, it's a statistically common amount. Some were eliminated immediately because of the instant testing of biosamples. Others were eliminated because of unnatural strength. Quentin nodded slowly. The restraints. Yes, the restraints are sophisticated strength measurement devices. Historically, we find that only conditions of severe stress induce full-strength exertions. What about the run of the escape pod? Again, 
Severe stress tests the human body to the utmost of its potential, be it natural or augmented. The computers recorded your strength, your speed, your mental acuity, your stress levels, and your resistance to pain. The rolling tables, for example, let us test your reflexes and acceleration from a complete stop. Quentin thought back to the long hallway. Let me guess. The hallway is exactly 40 yards long? That's correct, and you set a position record for the combine. 3.6 second 40-yard dash. Quentin's jaw dropped. He'd been timed at a 40 before, but the fastest he'd ever run it was a 3.8. A 3.6? That was damn fast for a running back, but he'd never heard of a quarterback with that kind of speed. Does everyone go through that? The tests are based on different positions. With your record-setting performances in the PNFL, you were assigned the most demanding tests that we have to offer. Quentin swallowed, knowing his next question held the key to his fate. But I, I passed, right? I qualify for Tier 2? The man nodded. Yes, you qualified. You're finished for the day. Please exit out the blue door and follow the blue path back to your room. There will be more tests tomorrow, but rest assured, nothing as stressful as today. Quentin let out a long breath. He still wanted to kick someone's ass and the blue-skinned League of Planets native would have done just as well as the next guy. The three gorilla-sized men with the shock sticks, however, stood between him and any of the test-monitoring staff. The escape pod hissed open. Before Quentin left the room, he saw a new man, his suit numbered 114, tangled in the shock webbing. Quentin shook his head and walked out, following the blue path. You have been listening to The Rookie, book one of the Galactic Football League series. Produced by Ariok Morningstar with post-production by Steve Rickyberg. Written and performed by Scott Sigler. For more information on the author and more free stories, go to scottsigler.com. Theme music is the song The Kids Are Coming For You by the band Superweapon, superweaponband.com. You're trying to say Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.